Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. More and more today, we are seeing and hearing about the phrase regenerative agriculture, regenerative practices. But what is it? Are we already doing it? What are the benefits and what is the future of regenerative ag? They'll be talking about it on February 24th in Ridgeway, Iowa, a special opportunity for farmers and the general public to learn about soil health and a special documentary they'll be presenting as well. Talk more about that in just a moment. To help us better understand what regenerative agriculture is, how it works, how you can engage in it, is Alan Williams, who will be one of the presenters. He's a sixth-generation farmer that has, uh, as he said, a recovering academic that founded Grass-Fed Insights, LLC, Understanding Ag, LLC, and the Soil Health Academy. So somebody that's very invested in helping people better understand regenerative agriculture practices. Alan, when did you start to become intrigued with these practices, and when did the phrase regenerative start catching on and becoming so popular? Well, that's both of those are good questions. Uh, I really started down this road probably about 30 years ago, to be honest with you. Now, at that point in time, you know, we were not using the term regenerative. Uh, we were just simply trying to find a better way to do things and a more profitable way to do things that, as well as being more profitable, also offered us the opportunity to be able to rebuild and and revitalize our soils and our ecosystems. So uh, we define regenerative agriculture as farming and ranching in synchrony with nature to repair, rebuild, restore, and revitalize all life. And so for us, that's what it's about. It's about how do we farm and ranch in a way that we are encouraging life and building life in our ecosystems that our farms support, and of course, ultimately, building better nutrition and nutrient density into the foods that we're supplying to the consuming public. Right, and that's a big part of the conversation these days. So many people now focusing in on the future of carbon credits, uh, also taking a look, as you said, at cover crops and how they work in on even standard corn and bean rotations. So everyone seems to be kind of going in the same direction, Alan. Tell me what you've noticed in your years uh, working with farmers and helping them better understand what lies below the soil surface. What have we started to learn? What do you observe about an average farmer that's starting to think about turning more attention to regenerative ag? Yeah, so I guess I'll I'll answer that in two parts. First is, uh, yeah, as you said, I am a sixth generation family farmer myself. So grew up, you know, in farming and ranching, and am still actively farming and ranching. But I did in 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 about a fifteen year space in there in my life. I also had an academic career. Uh, and so I was a tenured full professor, research and teaching and all of that. So I've seen this from both sides, both the practical boots on the ground farming side and the academic side. And what I have learned is that, you know, we have to pay a lot more attention 
to the actual life in our soil and the role that that life plays in what we call the four ecosystem processes, the water cycle, the mineral cycle, the energy cycle, you know, capturing photosynthetic energy, and community dynamics. All of those four things are free to us every day, and as any farmer knows today, all of our input costs are rising significantly and making it more and more difficult to farm profitably. So we need to maximize our ability to capture those four free ecosystem processes and make those work for us. And the only way that we can do that is through building more life in the soil. We have paid a lot of attention to the chemistry of the soil as both scientists and farmers, but we have neglected to pay near as much attention to the biology of that soil, and that's what we're going to talk a lot about. How do we capture the free things that are available to us every day, water, minerals, sunlight, and you and build the biology that are experts at optimizing the utilization of those things that are free. You make a good point that uh, sometimes we are looking way beyond what uh, we necessarily need to when it comes to our resources. So let's talk a little bit more about the event that's coming up in Iowa. How are you going to walk the audience through this, Alan? You're, it's a big concept. It is theoretically a life-changing direction for some farms. How are you going to walk them through this? Well, it's going to be in, in a few parts here. So we're going to start with what we call the 634 to help them understand the six principles of soil health, the three rules of adaptive stewardship, and the four processes, and how on your farm, within your context, and this is what's critical, everything has to be within the individual farmer's context. How do you apply the six principles of soil health, the three rules of adaptive stewardship, appropriately on your farm so that you maximize capture of the four ecosystem processes. So that's first. Second is I will be providing very specific real-life examples of farms that have utilized the 634 that I just explained to radically alter their farms to make them more productive, to significantly lower input cost, and to viably improve their net profit per acre. So I'll be presenting real-life case studies of farms in different regions of the country to also illustrate that it doesn't matter where you're located in the country, that the same principles, the 634, apply no matter what you're growing, And no matter where you're located, it's just a matter of identifying your context and applying them within your context. If you're just joining us, this is Alan Williams. He's going to be one of the guest speakers that's uh, presenting on a February 24th uh, opportunity in Ridgeway, Iowa. It is open to farmers and the general public. Presentation on soil health and also a free screening of livestock on the land. Alan, I need to ask you, though, if this is a concept that's more welcomed 
by certain types of agriculture than others. Here in Wisconsin, big dairy state. I think there's a lot of farms that uh, really hesitate to take a look at these kinds of uh, changes in farming practices. How do you help those livestock owners or somebody like uh, a dairy producer get their arms around the possibilities? Yeah, excellent question. And and actually, uh, since you're talking about dairy farmers, uh, you know, we are seeing a significant number of farmers that are now responding and asking about this. As a matter of fact, yesterday in Pennsylvania, I spent all day long talking with a group of more than 350 dairy farmers who have a direct interest in regenerative agriculture and how to apply it on their farms. Uh, but it, it it's really not hard. We help them uh, identify what their current problems and issues are, and then how implementation of regenerative practices can help resolve those challenges and problems and issues that they're facing. So, Alan, tell me a little bit about how long this process takes. That's the other thing. I don't want to say that farmers are impatient, but as you pointed out, given the high input cost and the fact that uh, we do work on a cyclical basis with a lot of these fields, how much time or how long am I going to need to be patient and committed to the process to really see the results? So, again, another very good question. And as we tell everybody that we work with, Regenerative agriculture is a journey and not a destination. There's no one alive today that knows what a 100% regenerated soil or land looks like. We, we just simply don't know. But what we do know is if we're making progress or not. And we can monitor and measure and track that. And the beautiful thing about it is that the progress is always beneficial for us, both financially and from a productivity standpoint. So regenerative agriculture also allows us to retain all the tools in our toolbox. So we're not saying that you cannot till again ever, you cannot use herbicides again ever, anything like that. We Every tool that you currently have available is still available to you in regenerative agriculture. We just help you understand how to use those tools a lot more judiciously and uh, and effectively so that you can be highly effective and efficient at what you're doing. So, so that's the whole point of it. And often people ask us, well, how long do I have to take a financial hit before I start benefiting from regenerative agriculture? And the immediate answer is that you can benefit from regenerative practices in your very first year of implementation. You do not have to experience a financial hit. Okay, explain that one to me, because I think that almost every farmer, regardless of practice, expects to see a negative image or situation the first year. How can I see those benefits that quickly, Alan? Well, first, every farmer has immediate things that they can do to be of benefit, to lower input cost, and to be a little more productive. Uh, And most of those are readily identifiable. For instance, 
the vast majority of farms are significantly over-applying nitrogen. And on more than 90% of the farms that we work with, we can go in and in year one, now we do this strategically and through testing, but in year one, we can often cut their nitrogen costs 25 to 30% with no impairment in productivity of their crop or yield hit. Uh, so, and it's simply because they've been over-applying nitrogen for quite a while. And you start to see positive benefits when you reduce that nitrogen application. Uh, uh, many dairy farmers have been significantly over-applying manure to any one individual acre or applying at rates too high at a single application point. And that is causing a lot of negative responses in the soil. So just simply by helping them understand how to more effectively and efficiently in year one manage their waste, their manure, we can dramatically alter both cost incurred by that farm and their productivity levels in their crops. Uh, so those are two very quick things. Uh, another that we do, and again with dairies that we've done very successfully, is grazing their heifers and dry cows rather than, you know, a TMR in a barn. And I can give you a direct example of this. We have a dairy farmer in Minnesota that has been, he, he grew a, uh, a cover crop, one season cover crop this summer and stockpiled it. And he's been grazing all winter his dries and his heifers at a cost of just 56 cents per head per day. His neighbors who are feeding a TMR in barns to their dries and their heifers, it's costing them a little more than $4 per head per day. So he's already experiencing a significant savings. He's had zero health problems out of those animals. Because they're out on pasture 24-7 on the stockpile, he also doesn't have any labor or equipment costs involved in pen cleaning, manure management, or TMR mixing. So he's eliminated those costs for this period of time that they're out grazing the stockpile. And as we add up all costs, he is saving more than $5 per head per day all cost in immediately. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't cost him to transition to regenerative. Mm -hmm. He's making money immediately by doing that because of shifting his practices mm -hmm. and significant reduction of a multiplicity of input cost categories. Right. Well, that is definitely the kind of conversation that will uh, draw people in if you're involved in production agriculture, animal agriculture. That's Alan Williams. He's one of the keynote speakers that's going to be presenting during a special regenerative agriculture, regenerative uh, practices seminar that's coming up on February 24th. That's a Thursday from 1 until 4 at the Ridgeway Community Center in Ridgeway, Iowa. It is just $10 
for people to register. Kids are free. And like we said, a day-long conversation helping you to better understand the values you may have out there already at your disposal if you just take a look at your practices and how you're utilizing them and building them for the future. Want more registration information? Pop on over to our website, midwestfarmreport.com.